Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, all one word. Do you have opposable thumbs on your hands like a human? Or do you have opposable thumbs on your feet like an opossum? Or do you have an opposable thumbs on all four of those suckers like a gorilla? So, I'm still watching the Matt Taibbi Monday morning thing, and uh, they started talking about which animals have opposing thumbs, opposable thumbs. Like, basically, do you have a hand that can grab something? And it made me think, because for some reason recently, it, I uh, came across the fact that uh, opossums have opposable thumbs, you know, like the kind of marsupial possums that we have in America. Although, actually, now that I think about it, I'm not sure. Maybe it's the possums in Australia versus the opossums. Hmm, let me look that up. Sweet. For a second there, I thought I was wrong. So, it's not the possums. You know, possums are a thing in, like, Australia, and they're kind of like monkeys. But we're talking about opossums. It has an O, a big capital fat-ass O at the beginning of the opossum word. And apparently, opossums have opposable thumbs on their hind feet. And then, you know, Google contradicts itself. They say This says that they are the only non-primates with opposable thumbs. But anyways, apparently some frogs have that. There's controversy over whether or not frogs can have opposable thumbs. Uh, I think I'm in the pro-frog camp. Uh, yeah, basically, if you voted for Hillary Clinton, then I bet you think that Frogs do not have opposable thumbs, but you're wrong, and you're evil, and you like to eat children. But anyways, uh, an animal that I thought had opposable thumbs, but they don't, you know, apparently there's a criteria, you know, just just because you see a, like, I, you know, I knew someone, I had a friend of a friend who had a six-fingered cat, and that cat could, like, pick up cat food one piece at a time with its little paw, is that a paw? Yeah, paw. And then just, it would pick up the piece of cat food, bring it to its mouth, and eat it. And it had six fingers, and I don't know, it's probably some cat could do that with four. But anyways, but they weren't real opposable thumbs. But uh, the animal I thought had opposable thumbs was a raccoon. Because they can kind of manipulate stuff with their little hands. Their hands are kind of, they look really dexterous. Like they have a lot of dexterity to them. They got like, I don't know, they're cool looking little hands. But apparently they don't have no opposable thumbs. Which makes me think about this. Uh, makes me think about raccoons and uh, crawdads. I talked about crawdads in a previous um, episode. Uh, crawdads are like little lobster looking things that you find in um, freshwater rivers. And even though they're kind of scary looking with their claws... Um, they're not cute and cuddly looking, but for some reason, they just my heart has uh, my heart goes out to crawdads. Hey, all you crawdad listeners out there, my heart goes out to you. But one time, I went down to the river to swim, or whatever a river at a friend's house. Real nice river, real nice spot. You could jump in and like not touch the bottom, which is that's that's the sign of a good river spot. But I went down there one time, and there was, like, the crawdads, like, the, you know, they're, they're like a crab or whatever, so they got, like, a shell. There was, like, the shell, the shells of, I don't know what, like, a hundred crawdads? Yeah, probably about a hundred crawdads just spread out over the, the kind of, the beach. 
wasn't like a nice sandy beach. It was kind of a rocky sandy beach, but just covered in the, whatever, the dead bodies of crawdads. And the animal that does that is a raccoon. So like some raccoons found a good spot where the crawdads are. You know, the crawdads, um, like, you know, this, this spot had like uh, some rapids where the river is probably about six inches deep. And then it has, you know, a, a deep spot that you can jump into that's, you know, like maybe eight feet deep. Anyways, the crawdads like the shallow spots. So the raccoons just go in there and they just grab every single one of them. And they eat them. I forget how they do it, but I think they just bite off their heads or something. And suck the part out of their... I don't know, I don't know if that's a carapace or whatever, whatever the main body part is. They suck, they slurp that part right out. And, uh, I mean, raccoons are kind of cool, too, but uh, in the fight between crawdads and raccoons, I'm on the crawdad side. Let's talk about foxes a little bit. Where I live, there's uh, there's foxes. I think it's the red fox. I think the red fox is gray, and the gray fox is red. But anyways, I think, whatever, our, our fox is gray colored. I think it's called the red fox. But they're kind of interesting animals. Um... The first thing about them is that they they like to poop in the center of things, like in prominent spots. Like say you got like a a trail, like a rocky trail, and you know every once in a while there'd be like a really big rock. Like that is exactly where the fox will poop, right on that big rock, right in the middle of it. I mean they aim very strategically. I guess it's to tell other foxes stuff, but I mean, it's almost like there's, you know, I, I almost feel like only a human, you know, where your eyeballs are like six feet above the ground where you can look down and really appreciate the strategic pooping of foxes. But the other thing about foxes is they make a weird sound at night. Uh, I don't know if it means they're happy or sad or they're calling out to each other. I don't know. I don't know why they make this sound. But it sounds like a, a human female in distress. It's kind of a, ah, kind of sound. And this one time, like, me and some family members, we were in a rustic spot, a spot where foxes were around, and uh, there was, like, this, there was an outdoor bed. There was a building that had, um, like, mosquito netting all around it. So mosquitoes couldn't get into you, and it had a bed. So it was just like, it was just like a, it was like a shack of mosquito netting, with a nice roof. I mean, it was nice. And a bed. Anyways, and then my aunt from the country, she decided to... Well, you know, she, she either decided to go sleep out there or someone convinced her to sleep out there against her will. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if she was really down with it or not. But that night, of all nights, the foxes came out. And so she's just sleeping in this bed. You know, no mosquitoes. And just all around her, all night long, is just a... So, you know, for everyone else, that was pretty funny. I think uh, she didn't quite get the joke. For a while there, I kind of had a little hobby of using uh, motion-sensitive uh, trail cameras, game cameras, whatever you want to call them. You set them up in the woods, and uh, you can watch the animals. Like, you know, when they walk by, they set it off, and it films them. And so I was getting into that. And what I really liked to film was uh, bears, or that was about the coolest animal I could catch on camera was bears, because they, they're not afraid of nothing, they don't care, black bears.
not brown bears, black bears. And the funny thing about black bears is they can climb real good. And, like, bears, bears have a weird body. Like, um, like one time I saw a bear crossing a road. And I was like, man, look at that giant dog. And I'm like, wait, that giant dog is not moving its legs. And, you know, it's not moving its legs like a dog. It's moving its legs in a weird way. And that's because it was a bear. And they just, they move their limbs in a strange manner. At least, you know, unless you're a bear, in a strange manner. But so, bears can climb real good. And what's funny is that when they climb stuff, they basically look like a person in a bear suit. So pretty cool you just you know it, it looks like oh a person in a bear suit goes up a tree a person in a bear suit goes down the back of the tree or a person in a bear suit climbs into a dumpster or a person in a bear suit climbs out of that dumpster with you know a big shit-eating grin after eating all the trash so i was watching uh, the new adam ragusea youtube video uh adam ragusea you know, you can you can figure out how to spell it. Uh, it's the best YouTube um, food channel that I've ever seen. I mean, he really gets into the science. You know, science. You really learn something. It's not just like, oh, here's how you scramble an egg. It's like, whatever. You will learn something more than you want, maybe. But he does it in a good way. But anyways, his uh, newest one was about the stone crab, which I don't think I ever ate no stone crab in my life, but. Apparently in Florida, or around, you know, in the oceans around Florida, there's a bunch of these crabs, they're called the stone crabs, and they got like real big claws, and, uh, you know, real big crab claws that taste amazing, obviously. But I guess like the rules on catching these crabs, like you can't just, you don't just catch all, you, know, you don't just catch a bunch of crabs and then take them in and throw all those crabs in a pot of boiling water and eat them. What you do, I guess what they recommend you do, it's kind of it's kind of disturbing. Anyways, you catch the crab, you break off their legs, the well, you break off their claw arm. You break off their arms, the arms that have the big claws. You break off their arms, the two arms, and then you throw them back in the water. And that's because sometimes they can live, you know, the guy gives, well, there's tons of numbers about it, but it seems like maybe the crab has about a 50-50 chance of living through the experience and trying to regrow its arms. And you got to break off the arms in a certain way because they got like a special diaphragm in one of their joints that closes off the, they don't have blood, but they got, you know, whatever the crab version of blood is, they got a special diaphragm that closes off the wound when you well, when you break off their legs, or sometimes they, you know, like if a, if some, if an animal grabs their um, claw, they will break them off on purpose, kind of like how a lizard will drop its tail. And, uh, I don't know. Basically, I don't know if those, you know, I don't know if they're going extinct, or if we're helping them out by uh, only breaking off their arms, or whatever. It's, it's a little disturbing, you know, do crabs feel pain? I don't know. I bet they feel more pain than you think. But they probably don't feel a lot of pain either. I don't know. So, I think I just got a wild hair. A wild hair that makes me want to talk about animals. So, something to mention. There's a podcast called Creature Features. Um, 
It's the only podcast that I know that's about animals. So therefore it is the best and also the worst podcast that I know that's about animals. But, you know, if you're looking for a podcast about animals, like I think, you know, if you're if you're stuck in a car with a kid for a long time, I think it'd be good. I don't like the podcast that much. But they will give you like some real interesting facts about animals. But then they put it it's a bunch of banter that I don't really enjoy. Like I think I have a little bit of autism in my DNA and uh I like podcasts that cut down on the banter or you know sometimes they just do banter at the beginning of the podcast and I just skip over that part. But anyways, creature features, check it out if you want animal info. Just another thought on animals is, uh, like, you know, like, you can go online, there's forums, there's someone, someone right now, as we speak, is arguing about whether or not a polar bear could beat a tiger. Like, you know, that's a classic thing. And because we know that people shouldn't be evil or whatever, you shouldn't do, whatever, you shouldn't do animal cruelty... We don't use our power, you know, like, you know, now we've got helicopters, we've got tranquilizer darts, we got jet planes, like, we could go grab a polar bear, and we could go grab a tiger, and we could, like, put them in a little area where they can't get out, and they're just gonna have to deal with each other, and, uh, I guess I'm a bad person, because I would watch that, you know, like, I would march in the streets saying, don't ever put a polar bear in a cage with a tiger and let them fight and then i go home and i watch that sucker on youtube so hardcore man i would love it and so unfortunately basically this it's just uh it's all left up to the arguers on the internet you know uh there's no real animals to settle the bets um i did see a fight between a uh i think it was a jaguar and an anaconda and uh, it was sad. The jaguar just killed the anaconda. And uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I was taking the sn- snake's side of the battle. Or I felt bad for the snake. But that was like a real video. It made me feel bad. I guess I'll just ramble a little bit. Um, so I'm about 47, I think. Anyways, back when I was younger, there was a series of videos called Faces of Death. And there was, you know, it'd be like in the horror section of the um, video store, VHS video store. If you know, I don't think any, there ain't no kids listening to my podcast, so I don't have to explain it. <laughs> but anyways, next to the, you know, the Friday the Thirteenth and the et cetera horror movies, they'd also have these Faces of Death, like Faces of Death one, two, three. I think they had a bunch of them, and I'd always heard that they were terrible. I wasn't whatever they sounded terrible i heard they were terrible so i didn't watch them but then at some point someone produced one or maybe i rented it maybe i maybe i broke down and rented faces of death one or something one time and uh most of the videos were fakes like one that i remember was uh there's a guy like in a canoe and an alligator like attacks him and pulls him out of the canoe and kills him i mean like supposedly but basically the guy was real, the canoe was real, and then the alligator was some sort of, you know, the stuffed alligator or something, whatever, some sort of uh, giant rubber alligator, and uh, they filmed it real, it was filmed, you know, at night when it was real dark, and then the the camera cuts back and forth, so supposedly you can't tell. Anyways, it was obviously fake. 
And I think of all the human deaths in that video, they were all fake. I can't remember what all what they all were, you know, like some basically it'd be like some guy who has a pet cougar or something it'd be like you know him pretending that he's being attacked by his pet cougar but then you know it wasn't real uh i think the only real human death in there i remember this it was pretty gross uh it was like a tank but a tank that didn't have treads it had like uh giant it had giant tires whatever it was, it was a four-tired tank basically and uh it was something, it was in, you know, I don't know, Vietnam or some some other Asian country, and uh, that tank rolled over a person, and you could see that that person was killed by it. Anyways, that was gross. That was the only real human death in there. But there was some real animal deaths in there, and so the thing, you know, I think I, I think I may even turn the movie off after this, but uh, basically they just showed some footage from a slaughterhouse where they had like those... It's called it's not called a bolt gun, but that's another name for it. But basically, it's like a uh, pneumatic gun that shoots a spike. Like it doesn't shoot a spike like a bullet where it goes flying through the air. It just shoots a spike out, maybe twelve inches, and then, you, and then it sucks it back in. Anyways, they did a slaughterhouse where they were killing cows, and like that was the thing that disturbed me absolutely the most. I really hated that part. I thought I was going to talk about fun animal stuff, but. I guess not. There you go. There's an animal story for you.